blood is thicker than water, and the infected are starving for it. This week on Schedule for Launch, join me, Zach Walsh, as I welcome back Brandon to talk about the upcoming Issue 3 of Avalon. Join the Castle family as the outbreak continues and pick up some really cool special holiday offers with this amazing Kickstarter. We talk about horror, family, and plans to come. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. This week, I am super excited to have back a very fun creator of a very cool comic book. Brandon, thank you so much for coming back to talk about the next issue of Avalon with us. Thank you for having me. We're going to get into a little bit more about Avalon again and like how the process has been getting to number three. But for those who may not have heard our last episode, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Brandon. I'm the creator of Avalon. Uh, Avalon has been something that's been on my mind since I was about a senior in high school, so about eight years ago. Uh, this has been on my mind. Uh, when I had the idea originally, I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I just knew I wanted to do this kind of general story with what, you know, the general thing is with what I got with Avalon, with the three brothers, the family and all that stuff. Didn't know what to do with it. So I scrapped it uh, or put it in a box, I guess. And then I met Alan a couple of years later. Uh, I pitched it to him. He ended up liking it. So we worked on the world of Avalon for about three, four years until we got to issue one's release in March of 2022, which just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with all that, we really have been focused on trying to pump out a lot of issues as much as we can and putting a lot of time and effort into it, uh, given that we've been working on it for three, four years before we made it public. So um, issue one was a good setup, we think, uh, for everybody who's a new reader into Avalon. It, it sets up the characters, sets up the world perfectly uh, for and gives you a good understanding of what to expect uh, for future issues. Issue two that we just, uh, in September, I think, is when the Kickstarter funded. We funded that and released that one as well. And, yeah, so it, that was a good continuation of issue one. And that that wasn't really the question you asked, but, yeah. <laughs> That's okay, because we're going to get into that a little bit more in a second. So you had mentioned the family dynamics of Avalon mm-hmm. and the world and stuff. But what exactly is Avalon? So Avalon is uh, is a brand new post apocalyptic story. Uh, we're trying to do different things and bring different feelings to the zombie genre, like uh, things like I've been a big zombie genre fan my whole life, so I've I've watched a lot of those movies and shows and all that stuff growing up and and recent years as well. So um, there's a lot of things that I felt were missing in some of those. So I wanted to make my own comic. I wanted to apply those into a new comic. So what, what a lot of things that you're going to get out of this comic book is, you know, real, real life physical problems. You know, people deal with real life issues every day, physical problems that have to take medications for and, you know, do therapy for certain physical issues as well. Uh, big thing we're going to be focusing on as well is mental health issues. A lot of people deal with that, 
just in general, you know, a lot of people have severe anxieties and severe depressions and, you know, problems along those natures. So we yeah. really try to throw that in this uh, world as well. And uh, a big thing that we've been focusing on recently, too, is kind of letting the world dictate the story rather than following like a hero's journey from A to B. We really mm -hmm. wanted to make the world feel as if it was the main character and really push the narrative and really push these characters into like really deep, intense situations. And and we wanted to make sure as well going through with that, uh, that nobody has plot armor you know that th so that allows us to make sure that that's a real thing so because I, I know a lot of shows uh get stuck in that thing where okay now this character has plot armor we can't get rid of them yet but we really try to make the world the main character and that drives the the story forward rather than the characters yeah and i think one of the things that really lends to that world is the huge impact that the family dynamic and just relationships have because I'm not going to no spoilers because issue one and two are phenomenal, but issue two starts to dive into that element a little bit more and guilt about certain events and things that the reader doesn't know about yet. So what are some of the things that we can expect for the castle family come the third issue? a lot of things and the third issue you're going to get a lot more answers and like a small little thing is uh with issues one and two you saw a split storyline between andy and his uh friend and slash partner miller and and the other half of the story was following the other half of the family and with issue three you're going to be following uh andy's storyline after the events of issue two and it allows the reason we did that is to allow there to be more like what allows us to show you more what these individual characters are dealing with and having that impact and letting that drag out for the full 24 <clears throat> pages uh, rather than giving each family about, you know, about 10 pages or so uh, per issue. But with this, we, we decided to change it up a little bit for this specific issue to show the, the stress that Andy's dealing with and, and also Miller as well with his own problems and then really allowing that to breathe and having the reader feel for these characters more so than just kind of hitting them with action and, you know, chaos and all that stuff, allowing these scenes to kind of flesh out and also keeping that chaos uh, alive because it, it is a continuation from right where issue two left. Yeah. I was going to say, because issue two really leaves off in a, um, a very tense place. Yeah. So the, the <laughs> realistically, so issue three, is that kind of like the not tension reduction because it still feels like we're just getting into the thick of it, but it's some time to get to know the character a little bit more thoroughly then. It, exactly like that. Yep. It, the, the chaos is still there. Obviously, if you've read it, you, you're going to know it's not, the chaos is not going to die right away. Um, but, but like, like you said, and like I was uh, kind of touching on this well with, instead of splitting it up like we did with the last two issues, you know, it was just chaos, chaos, chaos. Now we want to show you chaos and allow these characters to the readers to feel for these characters a little more and doing that and allowing Andy and Miller to have the, the, the screen for, or I guess the whole book the whole issue <laughs> to show uh, what these characters are dealing with, the stress that they have, the relationships, 
you know, the friendship the, uh, that they have as well. So it, it just allows a lot of that to breathe on top of all this chaos that they're trying to sort through because they're, the reader's learning it as the characters are uh, learning all this stuff that's going on as well. So we thought it was important for this next issue for, for us to kind of give the spotlight to Andy and Miller specifically. I think that's an appropriate call too. One thing that I really appreciate about Avalon is that it seems like you as a team are willing to write some really intense stories that are accented by the infected outbreak here. Mm -hmm. There are some very heavy topics in this, it seems like, and we haven't gone into it too far with issue one or two yet, but it seems like there's a lot of mental health difficulties amongst the family. It seems there's some joint struggling over some sort of event. And that just might be me reading into it. But how did you all go about conveying those themes without really just plastering them all over the page? Yeah, it's it's really just kind of, and that's that was the important part that Alan and I wanted to focus on for the first couple of years before we went public with this is to make sure we have all of our ducks in a row here. You know, uh, we really wanted to focus on a bunch of these things, like you mentioned, that there is you know a couple of characters that have to deal with mental health problems right out of the gate. You can kind of see that as you read that, and there's there's obviously some sort of fractured bond between some of the family members as well. So you see that early on. Uh, obviously it, we, we decided to have the chaos, you know, there'd be a, just a punch with the chaos just so we can flesh that out. You know, you're going to know what the problem is in the future issues. You're going to figure out what's holding certain characters back from doing certain things and what was holding one of the characters away from the family for a while. All that stuff will be played out appropriately. Uh, but, but to try and make sure that hits in a good way was was important for Alan and I to kind of sit down there and, and find out when was a good time to make sure this stuff kind of the reader figures this stuff out and all that stuff and that that's just I guess tempo and structure and all that stuff yeah. to make sure you know just you know uh, not only as just writing this comic you know I enjoy just watching things as well so I think just taking from what I know is good like good movies or shows and kind of applying it to our own work. Like, okay, this tempo worked with this movie or project, you know, so let me, let me watch something similar to it and then kind of gather all that and then form our own tempo with our own storyline. So that was just kind of just doing what we could in the early, in the early, early stages of Avalon. Mm -hmm. If I remember correctly from our last interview as well, you had said that Avalon is a story that you will, keep on writing until it's done. So yes. it could be quite a long story. And as long as there are questions to be answered, there'll still be an Avalon. Of, of course. Yeah. That that's one of the things too. And I don't, I, I have a generic ending on how I want to, I don't want to say generic where it sounds cheap, but I, I have <laughs> a general understanding of how I want to end the Avalon series, but it, it's far from now. And I have a lot of story in between to tell. So I don't, I don't have, I don't see that coming anytime soon. And, um, and what I've noticed with doing this first volume, this first season of Avalon is I, when you get into the writing room and we all kind of get together and we could really stretch out issues. And when we mm -hmm. all, you know, I have a general understanding of what I want or, and all that stuff. And, 
of issue or and sometimes I look at an issue I'm like hey that could be like two or three issues you know mm-hmm. and have some good story um because issue the original script for issue one was very condensed and we ended up <laughs> going back to the drawing boards and really stretching it out for like three four issues and mm-hmm. and we think uh it, we think that was obviously the best choice you know given what yeah. we got now um so we're glad we did that and that just changed my perspective on future issues so there's gonna be a lot of issues ahead of us basically that that was a long version of me saying that <laughs> What does the writing room look like for Avalon, though? Um, it, it's been it changes periodically. Uh, recently, it's been just me, you know, a white piece of paper or, or Google Doc or whatever you want to call it, writing mm-hmm. down a bunch of ideas for a season. Um, and I, Alan and I, kind of go over it together. What do we got? What okay, this works. These you know these arcs work. So then I'll start breaking it down issue to issue, and then I have uh alan check it out and i have another couple ghost editors check it out that don't want their name to be public uh but but uh yeah just uh just i have these ideas written down i start working with them uh and then i kind of jump hey alan what do you think about this okay this works or hey this this doesn't work yet or whatever so it's just it's just kind of a bunch of kind of going back and forth and really trusting each other when we're coming together when it when when we need to I think one of the other really important aspects that we should talk about is the fantastic art by Dimitri Nastos for, did I say that right, by the way? Yeah, Demetrius Nastos, yep. Yeah, his incredible art and mm-hmm. just how it looks and how it complements the story. How much free reign does he have when working on the project? Oh, he lately he's had a lot of free range. Uh, it, and it, <laughs> he he's been doing such a phenomenal job with the artwork he's been sending me lately. It's it's like not even funny. Uh, we've had a chat before too, where I can't remember if I spoke on this with you as well, but way back with issue one, I was very strict to my script. I was very strict mm-hmm. with what I wanted, and and it and then gaining that trust, you know, over so so long we start working on issue two and you could tell from issue one's artwork to issue two's artwork, you know, he's improved himself as an artist. And then yeah. some of these panels and some of these scenes that you see in issue two, a lot of those were his ideas. You know, I give him the script and he looks at it and he kind of tells me what, you know, cause he, he's thinking of it all, you know, in an artist perspective as well. And he could see the page in his head before he even draws it. So then he tells me what he thinks would work and what he thinks would work better. And, you know, I just let him shoot for it. I'm like, give me, give me what you got. We'll see if it's good. And then, you know, most 90% of the time it's good. You know, I we're rolling mm-hmm. with it. So there's a lot of ideas and then doing w- with issue three as well. So that's obviously the recent one too. He He's had a lot of free range with issue three. He's a lot of ideas that he's kind of come up with, you know, reading the script and telling me what he thinks is going to work and what he doesn't and all that stuff. And, He's done a phenomenal job. You know, a lot of credit to him. He's he's definitely took taken this bull by the horns and really went with it. To me, one of the biggest examples of seeing that improvement in the artwork is the appearance of that first infected person in issue one mm-hmm. versus the panel of Andy looking out over Eerie and seeing what's suddenly blown up in the past 10 minutes. Yep, chaos. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that yeah. that was Oh, it's so am- good. An amazing, yeah, amazing double page spread that he kind of 
he, you know, I mean, a lot of that was him too. You know, a lot of those panels up top, getting the close-up details and all that stuff were, was him. You know, uh, so a, a lot of what he kind of comes up with is is sometimes it's it's crazy to me. Sometimes he he does a phenomenal job with what he gives me, and like even I'm looking at it now with like how he had Andy and Miller on the left and right. That wasn't even the script. That was all that was all him uh, mm-hmm. having their reactions, looking down over Erie and all that stuff. So that was kind of a cool thing that he kind of uh, added as well. And you could just really tell, like you said, like the improvement that he's had as an artist and, you know, the, the relationship that him and I have built over the time span of working with each other. It, it just, it's been a long, amazing journey with me and him. It's like such a beautifully well-organized chaos too, because mm-hmm you can see what's happening. You know, what's happening, but everywhere you look is something a little bit worse than the last thing you saw. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a, just like you said, like you can look at it all. Like I'm like, currently I'm looking at it on my computer and it's just a lot of, you could just zoom in on things and you could just tell there's no like laziness with it. You know, you got your, your typical comic thing where it's like, okay, it's far away and you get it. But like, it all of it's like amusing, you know. There's nothing mm-hmm. that's like seems cheaply done, at least to me, you know, uh, just as a regular reader. But I, yeah. I, I definitely enjoy the way his art has, you know, kind of evolved and into this style where this 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 speaks Avalon all the way. You know, the story's a story, but half half of it is in comics is vi- looking at it, vi- you know, visualizing yeah. all this stuff and seeing it also. It's definitely a big A plus for Avalon. The choice to use sparse color too, mm-hmm. also just I I think it's a beautiful touch to it. It's so good it pops. Yeah, he does a very good job with doing it. You know, I I never thought uh, doing that would be a problem. You know, because when I originally thought of it, it was like. I wanted the blood, you know, that was one of the things I wanted the black and white, but I also wanted the blood color to be there. And Mm -hmm. it it, it was scary looking at some of them because before I even found him, because it's just like, sometimes people don't do the red, right. But he does a really good job with all of it, the grayscale, the black, the white, and then the red just pops in a perfect way. And it's just amazing looking. So Brandon, for frequent listeners of this podcast, they'll notice that, your last episode came out not too long ago, really. So, mm-hmm. first of all, kudos to that, because that means that you're able to turn out the issue two pretty quickly. Yep. You had also mentioned sort of a roadmap to being able to make sure that Avalon comes out at a steady rate. And I know that you want to do a lot of issues, but how have you been able to get the Kickstarters going so quickly back to back? Um, it's, it's really about, uh, staying consistent, staying, you know, organized as well, because you really, cause the only way you can start, uh, another Kickstarter is by fulfilling all the orders. And yeah. that was something, as soon as we got that money, we ordered every pack, all the, all the items that we had in there and all that stuff. So getting that in a, in a timely fashion, uh, uh, you know, thanks for all those companies as well, you know, cause they sent them to me in good time getting all that stuff, having everything planned out. When am I doing this? What do I need? All that stuff, getting it and shipping it out as soon as we could. And, and then really having him bang out these issues as well. You know, as he's getting closer to finishing issue three, now that, you know, he's been really banging it out, we've had a jump start, So it's, it's been easy. To, okay. Now we got all this stuff done. Now we can 
get this issue three Kickstarter rolling. So it's just, it's just staying organized and making sure you're you're keeping up with everything you've got going and fulfilling everything and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. doing what we can to keep it moving as fast as we can. I know the previous goal was four issues per year. Is that still the goal? Yes. For next year, we're looking at four issues next year, every quarter. Uh, that's still the goal right now. We're obviously getting these issues out in January. You know, the Kickstarter is, you know, now and we're, as soon as we get all that stuff, all that stuff's ordered, shipping them out immediately like we did with issue two, um, getting them all out by January. That would be, we have to find the exact date in January that we want to do like a technical release for, you know, the whole public after the Kickstarter, but, and then move on from then. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of grinding on everybody's end uh, on the Avalon team here. So it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of dedication, but doing what we can to get this product out there as consistent as possible. Because one of the things I've said in the past where um, trying to get your name or your title separated from the others i think the best way to do that for avalon is pumping issues out and letting people read the story and because because the story as you read it you can already tell there's there's a difference to it than to other you know zombie genre deals so it's just it's just we're gonna let avalon speak for itself the art the Mm -hmm. story what we have coming in the future you know so we're just gonna let the story and that's one of our biggest you know motivations is getting it out because that's what's going to prove to the readers that we're different from everybody else. Yeah. One of the things I remember from our last interview as well was that outside of the USA, it wasn't possible to get physical copies of Avalon. Is that still the case? Unfortunately, that's what we're looking at with issue three. Uh, that is that is a goal that we are working on for next year as well. We really want to start moving outside of the United States, like you mentioned, uh, we're, we're, we have, I have people that know more about, you know, that stuff and how it's yeah. going to be more possible doing the, working on that stuff as well. But that is, that is definitely a big goal that we want to fulfill next year as mm-hmm. well, along with the four issues. So it, it just, it, a lot of busy stuff, a lot of thinking, a lot of strategizing and what we want to accomplish. And we, we we're, we're, we're on pace with doing what we need to do next year and all that stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, you guys are a small group and the, let's be honest, the paper shortage and prices of printing right now is absolutely massive. So (laughs) I don't think anybody can blame you for not being able to provide it physically outside of your home country. Yeah. Which, which sucks. You know, it really does. You know, even with Demetrius being from Greece himself too, it's just like, I would love to get it out there and where, you know, his hometown Mm -hmm. and all that stuff and have him sell his, you know, his, what he's working on there as well. You know, that's another thing that we've been trying to figure out how to make that possible. Uh, But it's, it's just a lot of, you know, obstacles you got to jump through. Just like you said, you know, being smaller and, and with the paper shortage and the prices going up, it's harder Mm -hmm. to fulfill those things. That's why we, rely on people to help us out and, you know, do whatever they can for us to get this project out because without them, this, this wouldn't be happening. You know, that's why we always appreciate everybody who helps us by, you know, sharing, uh, pledging for reward and all that stuff that helps us get this out. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's always, that's always a plus. Then Brendan, for those outside of the USA, where can they find Avalon? Uh, Just find us on any kind of social media link. Uh, We have, PDF files 
on our Shopify app. And actually with this upcoming kick, you know, this Kickstarter as well with issue three's Kickstarter, you can get the ketchup tier. Uh, and there, there's a PDF ketchup tier. Well, you get issue one, two, and three in PDF form for anybody really, you know, and obviously with, with the out of country people, that'll help the most for everybody. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, to so you can at least see what Avalon's about and see if it is something you'd be interested in because once once the crowd picks up outside the country, th- there's obviously more demand for it. So now we have to start making this a priority rather <laughs> than just kind of fi- trying to figure out when we can, you know. So if there's a demand for it, obviously we gotta we gotta roll that way and figure it out some way somehow. Speaking about demand, what has fan reception of Avalon issues one and two been like? Great. You know, it's, it's, it's all been pretty great. And, and which is really awesome for me and, you know, just the whole team in general, you know, it's always awesome to hear that, you know, somebody who picks it up and they take it and they're like, this is like actually like really good, you know, not that (laughs) I don't want to take it in the wrong way where they thought (laughs) I was just like a write off or something, but, but no, it's always great to hear, you know, that people say that this is actually a really good story and all that stuff. We, you know, it's amazing, you know, even like the, because we use the cardstock uh, cover and all that for the hard copies and the physical issues, so people are very impressed by that as well, which is which is reassuring as well because mm-hmm. it is a little bit more money. I did want to spend a little bit more money on getting that because you know just feeling something like that feels you know good and all that. A little bit but, more weight, yeah. Yeah, yep, and just you know because the events that we've been at after issue two released as well. You know the comic cons, the the horror fest, and all that stuff. You know we've had really great responses and uh, good feedback for Avalon. Speaking about horror fest, horror as a genre in general seems to be growing rapidly in the indie space. From your knowledge, why do you think this might be? Honestly, I have no no idea. I think I think it's just people getting lost in their own heads, especially after COVID, probably. And then, mm-hmm. you know, people just liking, you know, because a lot of uh, horror in the horror genre, it's like people like to stay like like tried and true to things, you know. So being yeah. real, you know, at least for me, I, I enjoy uh, like horror films where they just know what they are. And they're just, they're not trying to fake anything because, you know, with those other kind of movies and all that stuff, some, sometimes people try to fake things. I think with that, with the horror genre, a lot of people for the most part, know what they are. You know, even if it's a corny horror film or yeah. book or whatever, they know what they are. You know, they're not trying to be something they're not. So I think I think it's just the understanding of knowing what the project is that they're working on and, and, and the reader or the viewer as well, kind of knowing that they know that. It, it just kind of helps, I feel like. It makes it easier. and it, it is, It's either you're going to like it or you're not, and it's as simple as that. There's no gray area with it. Okay, no, that makes perfect sense to me. Like, there's a lot of stuff, and I think that COVID also gave people a lot of time to a expose themselves to different kinds of media, mm-hmm. and b let's be honest, there was like a silent dread amongst all of us. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> I I think that you're right. It probably does come from that place. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think it makes at least to me it makes sense. I don't know that for sure, but it just definitely makes sense because you know with COVID, it's just the whole world will slip side upside down. So it it allowed people to think different ways, and sometimes people went down that avenue, right? Yeah. Speaking of thinking different ways, 
lately we've seen a, a huge boom in the indie comic space. What are some of the reasons you think that this might be like, what's drawing people to creating comics all of a sudden? I, th- I think it's, again, I, I don't mean to blame it on COVID, but uh, again, but I, th- I think it's a COVID thing. I think it's when people had a lot of headspace and people had a lot of downtime, you know, people start, their your brains start going a little wild. You want to just do something. So then you start writing something down. Maybe, you know, you start going back to your roots when you were a kid or a young teen where you're like, okay, now, you know, I used to read these com- comics. So, and then, and then it just opens a door up that you never thought you could open up because, the real world before COVID was just every day's work. You know, everybody had that mindset where just yeah. whatever day to day to day to day. So I, COVID allowed that, you know, that your brain to work in a different way where you could, okay, maybe I can create and all that stuff. So I think, I think that opened the door for a lot of people um, to do things uh, just, just the general public for new people doing it. I, I think that would be the basic answer for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, I think just, yeah, simple as that, I would say. So, currently, Avalon is funding, and I was just wondering, outside of the catch-up tier, is there anything else that you're offering in the backing phases, or is it catch-up tier? Is there certain rewards? That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, in this th- there's a, with this Kickstarter, we're really focusing on the exclusive... Uh, items that people are able to get rather than just selling the standard copies you know with the issue one and two we're really just trying to get the name of avalon out there and selling standard copies and doing what we can to you know make a lot of packages but what i found Mm -hmm. uh uh, from talking to a lot of people with kickstarter a lot of people thought we had too many rewards in the past which i don't compared to some people's things i don't think it was crazy but (laughs) Um, but just so that, so it made me think a little further, like, so now we're, we're really just focusing on the exclusive stuff. There's, there's stuff like we're selling two exclusive covers on, uh, this Kickstarter ones, the cover is cover B, which you can get after this Kickstarter, but you can only get it at live events, uh, cover C, which is going to be the Christmas cover. You can only get on the Kickstarter, um, there's going to be things like Christmas, the Castle family Christmas card, Christmas poster, a Christmas shirt, all that's just more exclusive to the Kickstarter rather than being able to sell it after and all that stuff. So if, yeah. if you're a big exclusive person and you like to have unique things, this would, this would definitely be the Kickstarter for you, um, especially if you like this, the genre and we're trying to stay true to it with all the the art and all that stuff for people to collect and all that stuff. We're, I'm really excited for everybody to see this Christmas cover too. It's, it, it's really nice. I love the Avalon issue three Kickstarter logo with the title wrapped up in Christmas lights. Yeah. It's yes. both it, festive and haunting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With the black and then the red. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it, I, I really liked what he did there. Uh, quick side note for that as well is Demetrius says he hates doing Christmas lights. It's his least favorite thing to do. I don't blame uh, him. But I, I, yeah, I was just, I was just dying because, because I don't know anything about like the art process and all that stuff. But I was just like laughing, like I have no idea. So it was just funny to me. It's yeah, the, the, it's just it works really well for for when this is happening because, I mean, winter setting right now everything's 
everything's going to shit. And (laughs) you got those exclusives with, with the castle family. So I think that that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I I think exactly like you said, it's perfect word for this Kickstarter. It's a fun Kickstarter. It's not, it's not too serious. It's not too crazy. If you're a big collector person, if you're a big unique person, like, you know, you like to have like the, the OG stuff or the collective stuff. And this is a perfect Kickstarter for, you know, we just tried to take it back a notch and have fun with this one. Mm -hmm. Now, I also can't remember the exact amount. I know it's not a huge amount that you need to fund this Kickstarter, though. Could you tell the audience what you're looking for in Avalon Issue 3's Kickstarter? Yeah, we're we're looking for $800 only for this Kickstarter. Uh, it's way less than the last Kickstarter. And the reason being is, like I said, this this one's really strictly just for the exclusive stuff. If, if people like to get the exclusive material, you know, exclusive prints and all that stuff, then that's really what we want to focus on. You know, making that money would be able to fulfill those goals. Uh, also, it, it helps us do, uh, you know, with other avenues and printing our standard copy, you know, it, it gives us some money in that perspective. You know, we're, we're obviously making money off of, you know, we're, you know, sales of issue two here and there as well. But yeah. obviously any, you know, this is for the exclusive stuff. We, we need as much help as we can get. You know, if you like the project and you want to see this come out as frequent as possible, the more, the better. You know, the, as soon as more comes, more issues are going to come more frequently mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So that's obviously a goal, like we mentioned earlier, you know, after next year, our goal is, you know, monthly releases. So it's it's just doing wow. what we can as soon as we can and really pumping things out. So it's 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 important for everybody to spread the word when they can as well. So as long as more people see it and see what the uniqueness of this comic compared to others, it's, it's important. Mm-hmm. So I know that PDFs typically get finished up a bit earlier because printing's not a thing that you have to worry about there. Right. So what's the rough turnover for the PDF rewards on a Kickstarter? The, the PDF version will come out. Um, we, we have it listed here for December. So just as soon as you order and the Kickstarter is done and fulfilled, you're going to get, you're going to get your PDF basically just immediately. Um, that gets done. Like even with issue two uh, for the last Kickstarter, it was, it was almost immediately. As soon as we had this stuff, the, the print ordered it, we got, we ended up making the PDF and then that was sent within like a week or so after the, kickstarter ended so you guys are really just trying to fund for basically the ability to print then yes yep that's exactly it and you know obviously the more the better because the more money we get the more avenues we could take and the more public events that we can go to the more you know advertisement for people to see it helps you know and for the most part it's just so we can print you know we really it's just nice for us as the creators to have what we got here in printing form, you know, seeing it on computer and seeing it on physical copy is way different. It's a way different feeling. And then allowing the, the, the people who love the project to have it in their hands as well is, is always a plus for us. And that's really what our main focus is for these Kickstarters. I think that's great too, because fans know that they'll get their ability to read it really quickly. Those in the United States will be able to get a physical copy pretty fast too. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a you guys are doing a great job of getting this franchise built up. Thank you. 
yeah, it's a lot of hard work and the dedication from a lot of people. So we're we're excited to hear. We're we're glad to hear that. Brendan, who would you recommend to read Avalon? Recommending to read Avalon, just people who are basically into the zombie genres, you know, whatever. You know, if you like the zombie genre at least a little bit, you'll like this uh, this comic book. If you, you know, and one of Alan's quotes that he said way early on, uh, Avalon has a little bit of something for everybody. You know, one things that we focus on are, you know, there's thriller aspects, there's action aspects, there's, you know, drama, there's suspense, there's, you know, uh, all that stuff, even noir kind of feelings that that are going to be coming up as well. It's just, there's just a lot of thing, little things that everybody has some sort of connection to, you know, genre wise into this comic book. So just just give it a try you know I, i'm not just saying this because i'm the creator it's just i i think i truly believe that people would enjoy this comic you know it's very real it, it, it's very relatable the characters are very relatable and we we do that on purpose you know it's it's something that we really enjoy just in certain uh other projects that we've you know seen in the past as well so it's just having a relatable relatable characters in general you know it's, it's always a nice thing in a in a fictional world and all that stuff so i think if if you just like a little bit of everything then give it a try the amount of tension too that you are all capable of building in avalon is kind of terrifying like it's really good but man you know how to design some high intensity situations <laughs> thank you yeah that a lot a lot of, like i said a lot of hard work from the team and you know everybody coming together and figuring out what works and what doesn't work you know that's all important you know the the writing room kind of just communication is key with all that stuff and making sure everything's hitting where it needs to hit and it's not too much it's not too little you know just we, we try to all kind of come together when we can that's amazing to hear Brandon, we're going to start wrapping it up now, but I got two more questions for you. So, as a returning creator here on the podcast, I got to give you our second question that I ask people when they come back. So, what are some ways that you avoid burning out on your projects when you've been working on them a lot? Avoid burning out? Yeah. Um. I'm not completely sure. I'm. Uh, I don't think I've really hit a burnout moment. You know, it's just it. It's hard to say because Avalon is always on my mind. You know, even even if I hit like a point where I'm not sure where I want to go with the story or something like that or sp- specific scenes, it's it's just it's always on my mind. I'm constantly thinking about it. Uh, it's just it's just a. It, to me, it's a necessity. I need I need to do this. You know, story. I need to get yeah. the story out. Um, I, so I don't, I, I really, honestly, I would, I wish I could answer your question, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know how, you, if you hit a burnout and you're not sure what you want to do, then I, I don't have the answer for you. It, it, <laughs> I guess just maybe find a way to end it in a good way while it's hot. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, cause you don't want to, you don't want to make it suck and then yeah. have people get over it. I feel like if. If you're hitting a crappy part or you're burned out of a certain project, hit you know, end it while it's on its high horse. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I don't think I've hit a burnout with Avalon. 
<laughs> That's totally fair, though. Avalon is so intrinsically tied to you as a creator, so it makes sense. Yeah, it's it just it's just constantly on my mind. I can't. Uh, it it literally it it is me. You know, Avalon. You know, it is everything that I am. You know, in different ways and pieces and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's got a little bit of you in it, and it shines through. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Final question, Brandon. Where can people find out more about you and Avalon? All right. You can find us on basically any kind of social media outlet, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, uh, Shopify, all that, Redbubble, uh, all those things, Kickstarter. <laughs> Just find, <laughs> us on, find us on one of those social media outlets. There's always going to be a link tree connected to it. Click the link tree, save it, send it around, do what you can, and you'll have all of our links in one spot there. We're basically everywhere, you know, just look for big capital red font Avalon. That's us. As always, audience, those links are going to be down in the description down below. If you want to learn more about Avalon from Brandon and my first conversation, that'll be down there below as well. So you can go and listen and find out a little bit more about the the basics and intrinsics of this really cool project and why it's currently one of my favorite comics that is coming out. I'm really excited to read more of it. Brandon, thank you. So, Oh, no problem. It's super good. It's really good. I love the art style. So I have no issues saying that. at all. Um, Brandon, thank you so much for joining me on the show this week. No, thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure to come back. It was great to have you back. And audience, thank you for joining us once again. Brandon and Avalon Issue 3 are currently scheduled for launch real soon. So click on that top link in the description and go support them. Until next time, though, take care of yourselves. Have a good night. I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much to Brandon for joining me on the show once again. Avalon is genuinely one of my favorite reads right now, and the storylines that are already coming out have me really interested. If you're a fan of the zombie genre, I highly recommend it. This is a must read, so please check those links in the description, get that catch-up backup level, and just enjoy Avalon. It's really cool. You'll love it. And thank you for joining me once again, audience. I know that my voice was a little off in this one. Pretty obvious I was sick at the time of recording, but I'm doing much better. I don't know if there's going to be an episode up next week, though, as recording with Zach Brew fell through due to some technical difficulties, but I will have a lot of episodes coming out in the near future, as a lot of people have reached out to me, and a lot of them actually are recommended from you. So get excited to hear some really cool creators. As for Terminal Rain, that's still in development. I'm not sure what's the best way to get it out to all of you in a fair and timely fashion. I'm working on that and there will be more information once it's ready. Until next time, though, take care of yourselves. I'll talk to you real soon. Bye.